Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which of course means I am in Phoenix, Arizona for the NFL League meetings, also known as the Owners meetings. And yes, of course, the big topic this week from the Washington perspective has been the future of Dan Snyder. We're going to talk about a bunch about that today here uh, with my two guests, uh, my colleague at The Athletic, uh, NFL business writer Dan Kaplan. We got through uh, the news of today, and that was <clears throat> there are apparently two bids uh, for approximately $6 billion each. Uh, the numbers per ESPN, we confirmed the bids, one from the Josh Harris group, the other one from the uh, Canadian billionaire whose little name, apologies, I'm going to get eventually right one day, but right now I don't have it a possible, uh, you know what, I'm not even going to try to say it. Um, what does that mean? What comes next? Dan will help us navigate that. And then Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch joined me to discuss more about the Dan Snyder situation, as well as we spoke with Ron Rivera today at length about this team, the quarterback situation, uh, why why not pursue Lamar Jackson, Sam Howell, and Jacoby Brissett, how is that competition looking up, plus uh, Chase Young's fifth-year option, and a bunch more details. Uh, of course, took advantage of the weather here, so did all these interviews outside. You can hear probably some birds chirping now. Um, and it's funny, when Michael and I did our interview, uh, we're sitting out by a fountain uh, in this resort, and Ron Rivera sits about 10 feet away from us while we're discussing it. So that was interesting. Uh, you, you'll, you'll hear some of that awkwardness uh, in, in this as well. Uh, of course, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you do your podcasting. And read The Athletic. A uh, bunch of stories from here this week. Uh, and you can, of course, get it right now for a dollar a month for one year. Go click on any one of my articles, including there should be one up tonight regarding what Rivera had to say and, and examining Rivera's future. I had a one-on-one one -on -one with him as well. So uh, that is in this story. Um, before we get to Dan and Michael, just to put a sort of quick bow on the day, because just a few minutes ago, we... Uh, had a chance to speak with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. He addressed, you know, obviously all the reporters, not just about Washington. Needless to say, a lot of the Washington questions came up. Um, the biggest takeaways, he didn't say much about where things stand with the potential sale, primarily because right now there's just discussions. There's no, uh, even though there's a couple of bids have been made, and, and these are formal bids. This is different than the earlier process when they were, um, <clears throat> when bids were made to just show interest, the uh, but until the, until the commanders finish that up, until Dan Snyder picks who he would sell it to, uh, Goodell and the NFL are out of it, and that's kind of where things stand. Um, as of a, a day or two ago, uh, when I spoke to different owners, including Mark Davis from the Raiders, they all seem to be kind of in the dark about what was happening. That seems to be the, the narrative, and I and even the the, the reports today of these bids doesn't necessarily mean they were made today. So, you know, it appears the commanders are keeping this pretty tight uh, amongst themselves. In any event, Roger Goodell, the one thing he did say of some note was that he reaffirmed that whether Dan Snyder is the owner of the team or not, they will release the Mary Jo White report. That's something he said uh, over a year ago when this first began. Um, the Washington Post reported 
I believe it was this week, that Dan Snyder has not yet met with Mary Jo White and, in fact, has refused to meet with Mary Jo White. Uh, So we'll see where that goes. But Goodell didn't suggest that there would be punishment for Snyder, but he said he would have to wait that out um, to see what happens with the the, uh, investigation before making any determinations. So that's kind of... The broad points, that the, 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 the latest there that I didn't get into in these conversations, um, it's been an interesting week. I'll have more to discuss on the football side of things. I mean, Michael and I did get into a bit, but there's more to, to get to, um, as well as you know, comments uh, from Martin Mayhew, Jason Wright, and others. Uh, but right now, let's just get to the interviews. We'll start off with Dan Kaplan talking about the process here and where we are with the sale, and then Michael Phillips and I on all things from Ron Rivera's uh, Q&A today. We'll do that right now here on the Standard Groom Only podcast. All right, uh, joining me here at the owners meeting, my colleague who handles our NFL business news and a lot of other business news, Dan Kaplan, who's been uh, working this story uh, as well for months and months and months. Uh, Dan, I don't know if we're, I'm not going to jinx it. We're not at the finish line yet. But this is clearly as close as we've gotten, seeing as how we now have not one but two reported uh, groups who have bid on the Washington Commanders. Uh, did you ever think we would get here, that this would actually be happening? Well, this is the second round of bids. We've actually we've had a first round of bids as well. And But what makes these two reported bids, the one from the Josh Harris Group and the one from the Canadian private equity investor, uh, important is that they appear to have matched Dan Snyder's threshold for a bid, which is $6 billion or more. Uh, does this mean we're, we're at the end? Well, investment bankers always tell me that the last 5% of a deal is the hardest 5%. And if this 5% includes Dan Snyder wanting indemnification from his fellow NFL owners, it may not matter what these guys bid. Yeah, that that is uh, that is very true. We're, we're definitely, like I said, not at the end yet. Um, that said, you know, there's been signs, I think, this week that everybody kind of recognized that we were getting closer to a potential end here, partly because of things that people said, but even just by actions, right? There is no the, – the, the Dan Snyder – Voting on Dan Snyder in any way, shape, or form was not on the formal agenda here, whether it was obviously no no agreement yet, but also not to kick him out, which back in October was something at least Jim, you know, Colts owner Jim Ursay threw out there and said perhaps it could happen. They've all largely said, eh, we're not, I don't know anything about that. We're, we're not going in that direction. That, to me, at least was a sign of they recognize this thing is close. Let's let's get that to the end and so we don't have to deal with this because they don't want to vote Snyder out at all. No, they, that would be a train wreck if they try to vote Snyder out. The, if the Constitution of the NFL requires essentially a mini-trial mini uh, of an owner that, that there's an effort to kick out. All the owners would have to sit as a jury on that. It, it would just be it – would, it would be a mess. It would be take year, it would be years in the process. Uh, Snyder would probably sue. The best, the best option for everyone is for Snyder to sell. But the problem, of course, is if he wants to go kicking and screaming on the way out – wants to get indemnified that's from what i've been told by owners i've talked to here that's a non-starter and jim mercy was public about that he talked to reporters yesterday and he brought up the indemnification issue himself uh without being asked and he just said that that it's not going to happen so if in fact snyder gets to the six billion dollar mark which is what these two bids apparently were my question, my, my thought has been throughout this time is a person like Snyder does not like to admit that they are wrong. 
that that is a pretty standard deal watching him throughout his career here how does that how do you get to a point there for where he can sell the team without acting like he was he lost essentially and if he has a number in mind that may ultimately be the way to get it and then the question is if that's accurate does he allow these other things to go by the wayside the indemnification primarily i think to me that's sort of the big question is does this threshold allow him to think i won we'll just move off from the rest of it i don't see how getting six billion dollars is anything but winning um (laughs) i'd love to have the problems he 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 has uh I, i can't i mean trying to get inside dan snyder's head is a fool's errand whether he would actually turn away six billion dollars because his owner, the fellow owners, wouldn't indemnify him. Sorry, that's a tongue twister. Uh, I, I can't say it, but it's hard. It's hard to see him turning down six billion dollars over this issue of prospective future legal liability. You would think that 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 would be a number he could work with uh, moving forward for whatever situations may arise. Um, the Josh Harris group—that's the one that's been the perceived front runner. For some time now, I know there's been constant talk about Jeff Bezos. To this point, he's never gotten into the game, as far as we know, other than uh, speaking with an investment banker and group that you reported on a couple weeks ago. Uh, But as far as we know, nothing's gone beyond that. So of what we know, Josh Harris has been the lead. That's the group now that he added. Mitchell Rails, a billionaire from the D.C. area, plus Magic Johnson to his group. Have you gotten any sense from these other owners uh, or anybody here? what they think of the of Josh Harris situation. He did bid on the Denver Broncos last year, so there's got to be some familiarity, any sense of, of that group and what that could uh, could mean? Well, um, it, the owners don't seem to want to talk about uh, what, what a prospective ownership group would look like because there isn't one in front of them to talk about. It doesn't do them any good to start commenting on, you know, future hypothetical ownership groups. But Josh Harris, for the listeners, he owns... Philadelphia 76ers. He owns uh, a piece of uh, the. He owns the New Jersey Devils. He owns a piece of an English Premier League team. I and I believe I'm leaving out. A few, I think he owns a piece of the Cleveland Indian, Cleveland Guardians. Sorry. Is it the Guardians or the Steelers? I forget. It's somebody. Well, he owns part of the Steelers, but I think his group of Dave Blitzer owns part of the Cleveland Guardians as 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 well. Although that could be just Blitzer on his own. I have heard his partner Blitzer is also part of the Commanders process so he would be an investor too uh he's harris has been scurrying around putting together an investor group you, you mentioned the the dc area in, investor magic johnson he has uh blitzer in, involved there's probably others we don't we don't know about when it's six billion dollars unless you're jeff bezos no matter how rich you are you need to put together an investor group uh the bezos situation is just it's, it's very unusual in the annals of at Manet and sports to have someone with that much money willing to bid just rebuffed and that's what's happened with Dan Snyder there have been reports that that situation has been resolved that's not my understanding uh, well that's good clarification uh, if that's the case on him um, let's go with what we know here with regards to these groups so Harris and the Canadian billionaire I'll, I, I'll, I'll try to guess here Steve Oh, crap. I had it in my head and I just bought a Popolopolis. I'm sure I just said no, that wrong. It's not a Popolopolis. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to get some great people angry at us. Apologies. All right. I'll, 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 I'll clean it up on the intro. I'll get a better sense then. Um, what happens now? Let's just say these are the two bidders, as far as we know. What's the process now to get somebody to the finish line? Well, the investment bank uh, of the commanders, Bank of America, probably, you know, presents all the options to the Snyders they have to choose they have to choose one but this whole issue of the indemnification 
that that hovers over the proceedings because he could have an accepted bid the, the league could sign off on it and Snyder could say I'm not going to go forward unless the league you know provides me cover for any future legal situations I think what he's most concerned about is this Eastern District of Virginia uh, investigation into his accounting uh, and particularly the accounting as it comes to the sale of the limited partnerships to the LPs who were suing him and if that comes back to bite him he wants the NFL to to cover him and the NFL is not going to do that um right absolutely so there's so basically the finance committee will get a hold of whoever's bid putting the indemnification part aside a hold of the bid they'll go through the the, the 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 numbers the paperwork the background checks all that stuff presented to the owners and then eventually they would take a vote where 24 of the 31 other owners would have to vote yes typically these things are maybe not rubber stamp Very but pro forma. Sure. I mean, when you've got someone with uh, Harris's wealth and he's already been vetted as a limited partner of the NFL now that doesn't mean that it's the same as being a majority partner but they they, they know they know Josh Harris it's not it's they, unless, unless there's something in, in his background they dig up there's skeletons in the closet conflicts we're not aware of it's it's fairly pro forma and look the NFL wants Snyder out desperately them turning down one of these bidding groups is is highly highly unlikely and, and I was going to ask that like the Broncos situation last year it was a two-month process from the day that they agree announced they had agreed to uh, terms to when the finance committee and the owners approved it and voted on. Uh, I almost feel like with let, not... let me interrupt you. Sure. That that was a bit of an unusual situation. That because they were dealing with the an estate sale for legal reasons, the NFL pre-approved anyone looking at buying that team. Uh, so normally, what happens is the process, and this was happening in the Commanders, the process operates separate from the NFL. The team runs the process. They select the bidders. They bet the bidders. They choose the winning bidder. The bidder gets sent to the NFL. The NFL starts their own vetting. That was done before the Denver Broncos sale process began. So that's why it was so quick. So once a bidder is selected here, it's not going to be as quick. So you think it could be longer than that two-month period? I would think it'd be longer than that two-month period because these, I mean, even if it's Harris, maybe a little, maybe not so much because he's already been vetted as a limited partner in the Pittsburgh Steelers. But still, because these groups haven't all been pre-vetted by the NFL, as was the case in the Broncos situation for their unique circumstance, it probably will take a little longer. Right. And they would have to, even if Harris is their rubber stamp him, they still would have to look at the other people um, in, in the uh in the group um that said i was gonna say it feels like with snyder you want look you can't just rush these things but at the same point you don't know what else is going to be out there and obviously we've seen for the past three years constant news dropping these mentioned these investigations do we think that the owners could be uh fast track this thing as much as possible well, I mean, the, the, the suits at the NFL have to do their job, which is the due diligence of, I mean, they don't want to rush someone through and find skeletons in the closet after the fact, and then they've got a whole new commander's controversy on, on their hands. Uh, it, I, an extra month or two is not going to kill anyone. Um, if the $6 billion number is the final bid, let's just say, that would be, make it the highest... Uh, sale price for a North American franchise topping the 4.65 that the Broncos 
were sold for last year. DC is a bigger market than Denver, um, but Denver also came with a stadium and didn't have. They had their own issues, as you mentioned, with the sort of the estate fight with the Bolins, but they don't have all this other sort of legally kind of stuff with the commanders that have that have been going on. Are you surprised that if it is six billion that that's the number that we landed at, or does that seem reasonable based on all the circumstances? It, it, it not only would be a record for North America, and it would be a record globally. Uh, that said, Manchester United, if it sells, may come in high, higher than that. Uh, I'm, when this first went on the market, the numbers were as high as seven, eight billion uh, dollars. Uh, I was told the NFL wouldn't accept anything without a seven in front of it when this first started. That was probably unrealistic. I mean, six billion dollars is just a, a staggering sum for for a professional sports team. This is a beaten down fan base. Remember, uh, they're last in the league in revenues, last in the league in attendance, which is just remarkable when you think where the team was when Dan Snyder bought it. They, there's obviously the cost of a new stadium. Even even the, the municipalities will get on board with a new owner. It's still probably a, a billion dollars or, or more expenditure by whatever ownership ownership group comes in there. So, it, six billion, one billion dollars for a stadium. You're, you're getting you're getting up to real money. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. The one thing I've been sort of trying to wrap my brain around, like you said, even for these very rich people, they still, based on especially the rules of the NFL in terms of how much debt you can have and how much money the lead the lead person needs to put in, it's not easy to get all this money. The unique case with the commanders is they still got to deal with the building a new stadium. I mean, assuming they're not going to stay at FedEx Field. So that's another two to four billion dollars, depending on the situation or, or so. What do you make of that aspect of it that, like, even for some group like Josh Harris, it's not just buying it for six, or whichever group it is. It's not just buying the franchise for six. It's spending perhaps another two to four billion to build a stadium. What do you make of that aspect of like having the? How do they get this uh, going? Well, I mean, that's presuming they have to build a new stadium. They could, if RFK becomes a possibility in the district and that gets renovated, uh, and there's a huge retail development around there, it could be a home run for a. Uh, for, for an ownership group. Uh, look, Stan Kroenke spent a fortune on SoFi Stadium, but he's developing the area. He's creating a whole a whole new community right. in Inglewood. In and it's it's probably, he's not his returns are probably not as great as he expected when he first came in, but it, it's it's still it's still a financial win for him. So yes, a new stadium is going to cost two to three billion dollars, where, wherever it is, or a renovated RFK, but the, they're billionaires for a reason. Right. They, 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 uh, they know how to play the game. Uh, Dan, I so appreciate the time today, as not to mention throughout all these months. I guess just lastly, as we, you know, probably our last chance to talk on the podcast before we all head out of here. What's your best guess right now? If you had to guess, when are we? When do you think we're done with any of this? And I won't make you guess who you think it's going to definitively be, but if you'd like to, go ahead. Well, um, I would like to think the tweet from Adam Schefter is right, that they will have a winner by, by the draft, but... I do think that we'll, we'll get some more curveballs in there, and maybe it'll be the May the May meeting in middle of middle to end of May in Minneapolis for the NFL. But I think it, you know, it's, well everything will be done by then. Yeah, I mean, I'd heard there could even be a new bidder soon, but now that with these tweets, with these with this information out, maybe that's uh, no longer the case. We will see. Uh, Dan Kaplan, great great stuff as always. Appreciate it, and. Uh... We're almost there, I think. Hey, let's hang in there. Knock on wood. So, so the listeners know, we, we think at The Athletic that Ben deserves combat pay for, com- <laughs> for covering the commanders. It, it, it is never boring. Uh, Dan, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Okay. Cool. 
All right. Uh, we're going to get to now sort of the football side of what happened today with the Washington Commanders. No better than, nobody better to do that with than Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, who's in his element right now. We are sitting, we're not exactly poolside, but we're like, it's sort of a... We're fountainside. Fountainside. We're fountainside. I, this, it's about 80 degrees today. That is my element. I'm, I'm, when I'm at a hotel, the thermostat's usually like 74, 75. I'm a bit of a freak. I will own it. I will admit it. Wait, why is that a why is that a freak? Because if people do like 68 or something? Yeah, I, I think a, I think 70 is probably a more standard life uh, temperature. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's right. I mean, I think if you threw out there like Phillips leaves his hotel thermostat at 75, I think a lot of people would would weigh in and call me a freak. 75 is a lot especially in here but i will say my my thermostat was at like 68 when i got in it was cold i mean well, sure. i had to work that out <laughs> the important things that the beautiful people are all out here um and us um it, it's been a productive few days I, we, we've learned a lot we we have uh, by the way this is an example of to what what the situ- scenario is where there's just like we're, we're, we're all the people are together literally as i was asking michael he was discussing his um Temperature, room temperature, Shad Khan, the owner of the Jags, was literally standing behind him. Yeah. Just, uh, his son was out here last night, uh, talking about wrestling. So, you know, he's got that, uh, his AEW wrestling. Um, my favorite conversation last night was with, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, who was here with Amazon, who's trying to get Thursday night flex scheduling. Um, you could, I, I don't, I haven't seen if that's passed or not yet as of the taping of this. Um, he lives here now, uh, from here, has moved his family back here, has, has an acre of land, uh, way out, way out, and uh, he says it smells like cow manure. Wow. That's what I say, he says it smells like home. Well, that doesn't sound like you should be on the, uh, the what is it, the uh, co- the Chamber of Commerce, or what's the... Uh, <laughs> They're not going to put that on the No. Did you uh, <laughs> ask him any uh, any questions? Did you slide into any topics, or just... Uh, have a have a fun chat. You're really making a splash with that question there, Ben. Uh, it, it was a, a lovely chat, and uh, he he said he uh, regrets that we did not get to know each other better uh, during our time in Washington, uh, given how brief it was. I'm sure he was sincere on that. <laughs> um, well, let's get to what we did talk about here uh, in terms of uh, the football side. Ron Rivera talked to us for a little over 30 minutes uh, earlier today on Tuesday. A lot of different topics, a lot of different angles. Um, including some ownership stuff, which we'll get to. But for you, what was the biggest takeaway from the Ron Rivera scrum today? It was like Ron Rivera said at one point, um, and I'm not going to, this isn't going to be an exact quote, but something like, we're finally doing roster building, like the way he envisioned it. And I know obviously you, know, you had the Fitzpatrick thing, you had, um, you know, the Carson Wentz thing, that he feels he's finally in a spot where he can assemble a roster the way he likes. And then he name checked three teams is you know one was you know it's like the 49 you compared sam howell to what the 49ers were doing uh with brock purdy and, and then he uh he compared the defense to what buffalo's doing um and oh we're going to manage contracts like the chiefs do right um so he's, he's clearly feels like they are emulating these nfl best practices um i would maybe if we went line by line through the roster we might find disparities between this team and, and those teams but he is clearly Ron has thought out how he wants to build the roster, what he wants to do with the roster, um, and that is, of course, to, to have Sam Howell and, and build around it. You know how, like, I don't know if this is what something you do, but you already kind of know somebody who has done this. Like, you know, one time, maybe like maybe when you were a kid, you know, you, you say, I'm really into uh, boxing, and I'm going to train to be a boxer, or I'm going to tr- work out boxing. Then six months later, you know what? 
I'm really now into yoga. <laughs> I'm really going to do the, ooh, the hot yoga. This is really interesting. <laughs> and then six months later, it's like, well, you know what? Rock climbing. That is the wave of the future. And it feels like, it, and you can really talk yourself into it. I kind of feel like that when Rivera talks to us about what, whatever the plan is, that that's how it is. It's like he believed something at one point. Now he's believing something else, and we're just going to sort of ignore that that was a thing, <laughs> even though we spent all this equipment on uh, rock climbing. We're going to move to a different topic. I, that's kind of how I felt today, especially with the quarterback stuff. A oh. very, very loud drink cart here rolling by us. Uh, no drinks on the drink cart. That's a bit disappointing. Correct. Uh, yeah, we uh, there, there, there's some foot traffic ar- around us. But, yeah, I mean... The, the, the roster building, I, I was just on the radio on uh, 980, and I was asked about this. What, what do I think he meant by that? I, I basically just said that, like, last year, the last two years they tried to get a quarterback, and you know that that's going to cost you a lot of money and stuff. When Wentz was a $28.3 million cap hit, uh, and that you have to be prepared for that. And this time they were saying, screw it, we're not going to bother. We're going to just focus on the other stuff, and we'll go with the Sam Howell and then sign the vet opposite they got Brissett. But it is the phrasing the first time. It's like, uh... Have you been doing that the whole time? I know, I know what he means, but I, it's also like, uh It's kind of amazing to me, too. Like, the whole point of doing it this way is to have extra salary cap space. And these guys don't have salary cap space. Like, And I get that a lot of that is they're not doing as many void years as other teams or kicking stuff as far into the future. But it's kind of wild. Like, the whole selling point is like, hey, you know, we're going to have all this money to spend on a great team around us. And we got Andrew Wiley to show for it here. Like... I'm missing something. I, I feel like I, like I need to go back and look at the Eagles roster from last year because obviously Philadelphia had uh, Jalen Hurts on a rookie yeah. deal, but it felt like every you know the last offseason, like every other day or every other week they were adding yeah. a Pro Bowl level player. And you're like, wait, they already have a good team. How are they doing this? And look, obviously Deron Payne costs some good money. You've paid John Allen and Terry McLaurin, but yeah, it's not like the other deals have been particularly. Uh, expensive so it is sort of like wait where'd all the money go yeah. uh, uh but uh but yeah interesting uh interesting maybe important i don't know <laughs> i see it i see it i see what you did there ben um what um so in terms of the quarterback stuff we obviously spoke yeah. a lot that okay so let's, let's just get the lamar jackson stuff out of the way because mm-hmm. it's been a topic both martin mayhew and ron rivera over the last few days are both like eh look uh you know good player just not for us. Didn't really give specific reasons as to why, but I think it's kind of what we just said. They would they were going to go relatively cheap at quarterback, and by the time Lamar got became a thing, they've already decided kind of where they were at um, with, with their with their planning. Do you agree with what they said, or do you kind of think that hey, well, you know, you got this? There maybe there's opportunity here to get a guy who's a difference maker. You should have done it. Well, I think that when the new ownership group comes in, you need to leave the door open to them if that's something they want to do and. I think I'll be honest with you, Ben. I think if that's the first thing a new ownership group does, it's not going to be a great first impression for me. Like, ah, we're here. Let's get, like, uh, what was it? The Phoenix Suns guy. First thing he does is, like, trade every draft pick they have in perpetuity for Kevin Durant. Like, it's not a great first impression. I, I'd much rather they commit to sensible football activities than hey, David Tepper. David Tepper just came in with a big lot of money and started throwing it around. Broncos, the Waltons. If you pay you pay six million dollars for the team, you feel like you gotta just make it rain everywhere. I'd rather see a commitment to sustained building and success, um, and you know, not a not a mirage to just get people excited for a minute or sell a few tickets. That would be my preference. Um, no, it doesn't make sense to go after Lamar right now in this ownership situation where Dan Snyder would commit to money for the for the next guy to be saddled with and the next coach as well. Um, this just isn't a stable enough spot. There's also, I mean, 
Baltimore has the right of first refusal here. You make a deal, they get a chance to match. Um, and, and, you know, you get the, you know, you don't get the draft picks. If that happens, Ron Rivera's walking by here. You don't, you don't get the draft picks. You don't get the juice. Um, you just do their work for them. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Should we invite him over? <laughs> He's literally sitting two feet away from us. Hey. We're, 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 we're talking about your team on my podcast, so don't listen. <laughs> yeah, you, you want to join us? Live, live broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this, is, this will be fun as we talk about this team now. Um yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I've, I, to me, the, we change your tune to another Ron's here. I'd say 15 wins. <laughs> I say 16 wins. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm with it on, on Lamar. I mean, in terms of the new owner, I, I said this the other day, right? That all, new owners tend to have this thing where they want to come in and show the world, mm-hmm. look at me. You know what? This, I said this the other day. For this new owner, whoever it's going to be, here's what they need to do: walk into the room and let everybody praise you for not being the other guy yeah that's it You're, the ticket sales will go up i'm not saying they're going to sell out but like ticket sales will go up interest will go up attention will go up you, you can leave the team the exact way it is you don't have to make some big deal so yeah I'm, I'm with you you're also playing a longer game than the other two are playing like tepper and charlotte took over an organization that was you know on steady footing and wanted to, to elevate the broncos an organization on steady footing the new stadium's not going to open until at the earliest 2027 if you're going to ask me about stadiums, I'm going to take the over. It, it, that's your next splash moment. You know, it's the NFL. You want to win every week. You want to win every time you play. But but your next splash moment as the owner is opening that new stadium. That's when it that's when it really becomes your team, your city, your operation. There's no need to do something now, we're talking about Lamar, that would jeopardize your ability to make that splash in 27, in 28, whenever it is. When, when you're when you're hosting the Super Bowl, you don't want to be not in the playoffs that year. <laughs> right. Um, and, and also, you know, you mentioned this before, and I could not agree more. I think when you go back and look, you know, rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. But when Ron Rivera comes in, we all know the story that the owner wanted this player. You know, there was some promise there Jay, the first Jay year. And Robert, we, we've lived this before. Sure. Right, right. And like, it's just a tough deal to be. You want to give this person as much opportunity as you can. Now, look, I mean... <laughs> As far as you know, we don't know what the, what, the, what the plans will be, but if the owner of their back of the head says, "Look, I, if, if we don't have another winning year, we make a change," do I want to saddle my? Uh, yeah. And that's the other thing here is. Yeah, I don't think it's responsible. If it is the Josh Harris group now, while he has not been an NFL owner, he has been an, an owner, an active owner, NBA, NHL. He, so at least he's not coming in with this, having not experienced it. Where most owners, Dan Snyder included, mm-hmm. have, you know, this is the all new experience, and some learn and some don't. Correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't totally gone into this. Apostolopoulos, he is not a like he, he's poked around on sports, but not currently a sports. Owner. As far as I correct, yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, I was asking, trying to ask somebody at the yeah. athletic, who one of our <laughs> people. Hey, uh, do we know anything about this guy? And they they didn't seem to know that he was. Didn't seem like he was much in the sports world uh, up there. So quite, quite the entry, by the way. Yeah, it's not working your way up. That's uh, it's just it's going going jump, for it. jumping in on the top shelf. I still don't know what to make of that one. Obviously, look, if he made a bid, he made a bid. I I don't know if today's news was Harris goes. They make the Harris announcement first, and then that's because that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And then the other guy, I still wonder, like, is he being announced? Again, it came through an NBA source and Brian Windhorst. Is it being announced because they want the world to know that he did try? 
and the next time something comes up, he's a name now to consider. Yeah, you're courted as well. Like, once you put yourself out there as a bidder for these things, you become, in perpetuity, a bidder for these things. They come seek you out. So whoever doesn't get the team, whether it's Harris or Apostolopoulos, we saw this with the Broncos bidding, right? So who, the first people the NFL calls are the Broncos bidding loser. Hey, we got another team. Hey, here we go, you know. Right. Seattle's coming up, you know, what? whatever's coming up in the next few years. You put yourself out there, you do it. I got to think, though, he's in this to win it. If, if he's really made a six billion dollar offer and it's finances, as he says, that means he's got he's got the two billion, which is an insane number to stop and think about. Like, what's the salary cap this year? Two hundred, two twenty, something like that. It's million. Ten, yeah. They've got in cash ten times what every player on the Commanders will make this year combined. That's an absurd number to think about. Like that. And there's, there's two people, and obviously Bezos is three, who, who fit the criteria who are in on it. The, to me, today's announcement, the, the, the news kernel of it is, this will end with the team being sold. Correct. And Dan Snyder's allowed to pick which way he wants, he wants to do that, essentially. You know, he can pick his buyer, he can just take the highest bid, he can shop it around, he can shop it to Bezos, whatever it is. But there are qualified, approved bidders. Um... That means the team's going to be sold. There's no, like, hey, I put it out for sale. Nobody would meet my price. Uh, I've got second thoughts. This will end with the sale of the Washington Commander. Now, Twitter out there, don't, don't run with that. Don't don't hear me. Uh, Philip says the team's getting sold tomorrow. I didn't say that. It will get sold. This will end with the sale of the team. Timelines? Timelines are a crazy game to play. Uh, and I think this has been my frustration, maybe yours as well, over the last couple of weeks. It's not like we all couldn't say reasonably, if you make me pick, that yes, the team will be sold versus it won't be sold. But, like, you know, being reporters and also just, I think, just being reasonable people, we can't just, like, throw it out there and say that it's happening. But I'm with you that the news came out today that these people have made bids. I mean, again, we don't know what's going to happen with the identification thing. It seems like there's mm-hmm. some pushback from other owners if if Snyder pushes for that. But at least the $6 billion feels like it's a number that Snyder can... Mm-hmm leave with and say yep i won this you can all say whatever you want um and, and i think to me that was important but yes it, it feels like we're i agree i thought today's news was saying it's happening when is to be determined and, and i guess maybe who and you want to do it quickly because manchester united is for sale by the glazers right now and the rumor is that that bidding's starting at six too so you, you kind of want you you want to set your record before the record all Whatever the record is, the record's going to get broken soon. That's that's how inflation works, I guess. Like, I went to Little Caesars the other day at $7.50 now. Wow. Uh, Yeah, five. Five's the price point, Ben. I thought thought that was their whole deal. Seven and a half. Seven, seven's the number. Seven and a half. Um, Whatever the number is, it'll get broken. So you might as well set the record. Put put yourself on the board before uh, before Man U gets sold and, uh, and breaks the record. Um. For sure. Now, to, to tie the owner stuff back to the football side of things, mm-hmm. now, Rivera and Mayhew throughout this whole offseason have said, the ownership stuff is not affecting us. Mm-hmm. We're all good. And, okay, you see the Duran Payne contract. They've, they've added some other players for agents. And you think, all yep. right, well, maybe there's something to that. I've never quite believed that. And then today, 
when we ask about Chase Young's fifth-year option, th- this was the first time where they you know, Rivera really sort of punted it towards the new owner situation. Like, well, we're going to have to see. We, we may have to leave this up to to that next person. And I think now, and he basically even kind of said we're, they're in a bit of a, a lull now here in part because of no. of this. I, I don't necessarily know that it's the biggest deal. The league as a whole isn't signing a lot of guys right now. But at the same point, we have hit a point where they're kind of acknowledging if we're talking Chase Young's option extensions for Cam Curl or Montez Sweat, all that's going to have to wait at this point until we know who's calling the shots. But it doesn't sound like that'll be a long wait either. So, you know, there's that. Like, it's not, we're not talking about waiting months or, you know, quarters. Or, I mean, Chase Young, they have a made-second deadline no matter what. So. It sure feels like with today's announcement, you know, that, that it's not that the final deal is imminent, but, but the announcement of who it'll be is imminent. I, I think with Chase Young, it's important to note that, like, you, if you don't pick it up, it doesn't have to be this like jaw drop shock moment because you still do have the franchise tag available if you need the franchise tag next year to bridge the gap. And, and it, it's it's more expensive. The franchise tag's probably gonna be about four million dollars more than than the fifth year option would be. But it's also an option. You know, you're paying to make that decision a year from now instead of now, and everything that comes in with that. You get another whole year of information about his medical. You get a whole, another whole year of information about how he plays, how he looks, how he works with the team, how he works with Jack. You get a, a whole another year of what's what's this team going to become. And I think you can make a legitimate argument that that's worth $4 million. Now, on the other side, it takes Chase off. Sure. And Ron's mentioned before, that's a potential motivating factor. And, and you know, Duran Payne obviously worked through that, and, and you see him rewarded on the other side. Um, but I, I don't think that it needs to be like, oh, they did not pick up the fifth-year option, like jaw drop, stunner. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily that. I, I think you could you could certainly line up five people on each side that, that'll defend it as, as a, a viable option. And I also think if you leave if you don't pick up the option it keeps Montez Sweat open for the tag also if you pick it up you really can't tag Montez Sweat and give Chase Young 17.4 million okay Rivera has now left our potential hearing uh here he he didn't seem to care what we were saying but you know I think he wants to wait and listen to it later on uh (laughs) on his Apple podcasts you you think he's more of an Apple than a Spotify guy (laughs) is my read on the situation yeah 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 for sure make sure to ask that in your next uh next one-on-one yeah um we're all in colors quarters here you know I said we're all we're all mingling together and you know you're the things we say the things we write it's uh you know they, they they read them right it's like it's like when you're like you're on the show like lost but minus the, the crazy island part but like all these random people just get thrown in together except here we recognize a good chunk of them uh they just can't get rid of us <laughs> it's, it's it's my favorite event of the year because of that because you get a chance to get to know some of these guys um you know as people and not just as interviews um so you know it's always a well, I say it's a productive three days. It's always a very productive three days, just in terms of the socializing and the, the meeting and greeting other people. And Ron's had a busy day. He was on the competition committee earlier. Um, they went into overtime there, uh, talking about all the different rules changes. Uh, nothing substantial there, but uh, then obviously uh, he was at the breakfast with us this morning, fielding our questions. So he's uh, he's been getting after it. He's had a busy busy day. He has. Um, trying to think if there anything else of uh, from a player perspective. It was a lot about. The quarterback stuff, oh, um, and I guess I will. I had one more on Chase Young. If we can stay on that. Yeah, yeah. Dan Snyder loves Chase Young. Like, let's just. I mean, we don't need to beat around that. Like, that is a Dan guy, and I mean, it's not a positive or a negative. Like, obviously, Dan guys have been net bad signings and draft picks over the years. Like, the track record is what it is. But if you're going to not pick up the fifth-year option, 
it's almost politer to let the next guy do it than to have Dan sign off on it, uh, just because of the relationship between the Young family and, and the Snyder family. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's a fair way to look at it um, as well. Um, in terms of the quarterback stuff, before we go, I've talked about this a lot over the last few weeks. The declaration that Sam Howe was effectively going to be the starter, even though Rivera didn't actually say that, but that was the way that it, <laughs> yes. the, the news got spun. Yes. And you know, then when he's now we've reached a point where, you know, I think the headlines are some version of okay, it's going to be an open competition between Brissett and Howe. And you know, I, I think this was the way that it seemed to be heading. How I, you know, the best way to frame it, I think, is they're going to run a race. They're giving Howe a ten-yard head start, give uh-huh. or take. And we'll see what happens from there. Can Brissett catch him? If based on experience, he can. But if Hal has the Hal has the bigger upside, and he may just be able to run away from the guy, we'll see. But it, it you know, it's not going to be Sam Howell's the week one starter, and Brissett's just here to you know ride the bench. That said, I would still say Howell's got the clear lead, and uh, you know they're really talking him up in terms of their expectations for him. Yeah, and maybe I misread it, but I, I also don't get the sense that Brissett is going to be a fan favorite or like if, if Hal struggles, I don't get the sense the fans are immediately going to be clamoring and chanting and cheering for uh, Brissette to come in. I, I think, I think Sam Hell will be given an appropriately long leash and opportunity to grow and develop. I think he's going to have to really stumble all over himself to not win this job. Uh-huh. Now you also say this, if you're guessing how many quarterbacks play the season for the commanders, you take the over. Um, this is a two-quarterback team, historically. You don't, you don't make it through a season without two. So if you were to ask me, is Jacoby Brissett going to play this year, uh, you'd have to guess yes. Um, for sure. I'm trying to think what, what, what we heard from Mayhew yesterday. One thing I just standing out was, you know, they asked, we, he was asked about the offensive line. They obviously added Andrew Wiley and Nick Gates. But he said he felt pretty comfortable with the potential starting five, but their, their depth was lacking. Uh, he said just flat out it wasn't yeah. very good right now, yeah. which is fair. I, th- I still think they have questions about the offensive line, but uh, but I think they at least feel that they have enough there. Is there something for you, whether it's the line or anything else, you're like, you know, I'm still a little wanting here. I think there's still more, and hopefully they, they see that. Yeah, and corner, I, I think, is one of those positions where you'd like to have the more depth linebacker. I mean, I, I get the argument that you don't use a lot of linebacker in this setup, but I I'm not wild about, you know, like, oh, we got Cody Barton. Problem solved. You know, like, you'd like a little more depth of linebacker. And um, to to echo what was said, I mean, offensive line, man, like, I I just, last season, I had blind faith in John Matsko that he was just going to duct tape it together. And it just, it just wasn't enough for for anybody. No offensive line coach was going to make that work. Um, So it's it's a long overdue investment. Speaking of the offensive line really quick, Rivera's asked about, that in one position he said was left guard was still up in the air. And then he cites a competition between Chris Paul and Sadiq Charles, who I almost was like, wait, is he still technically on the roster? Okay, <laughs> he is. And then we were, he finished, and we were all like, uh, Andrew Norwell? He's like, oh, yeah, uh, he's still here. That was not a ringing endorsement for, for Andrew Norwell. Uh, makes me think that they intend to add another guard here at some point. Could be early in the draft, yeah. and that might be the the end of Norwell. Because you're somebody at Chris Paul and Sadiq Charles for the left guard spot. I mean, that's yeah. you know that 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 makes the uh, Sam Howell Jacoby Brissett thing feel like Montana <laughs> versus Young. Um, but yeah, so that that was the other thing that kind of stood out uh, to me. I, I, I guess look, this is the rare time. Where we're at an, a, a league event, talking about the commanders, and I think the only way to feel about this whole thing 
is to feel more positive because of not necessarily the football stuff, but the owner stuff. The football stuff is we'll wait and see. They got to do more. I think the offensive line is still lacking. Who knows about the quarterback? But the idea that by the time we convene at uh, OTAs, a rookie minicamp, that there could be a, per, a new person in agreement to own this team is. I don't know how you can't be optimistic or hope or excited about that. Oh, no questions. Football, though, let me put you on the spot. It's March 28th. It's a beautiful day here in Arizona. I'm just, I'm super pumped to be here. You're picking up on that, obviously. Um, I'm not asking you, I'm going to let the drink cart roll by again. I'm not asking you if the commanders will make the playoffs, Ben. I'm asking you if it's fair to put the expectation on this roster and this team to be a playoff team to make the playoffs. Is that a fair expectation or an unfair expectation? I think it's fair in the sense that they're not rebuilding. They have some good talent. They should have made the oh, should have as as maybe a bit much. They were in position to make the playoffs last year and they let that get by. And they're choosing to go with the Sam Howell Brissett thing. That doesn't mean that they could have gotten Derek Carr if you, if you think that's worthy, or or you know traded up to get a top four pick here that you need for one of these rookies. So I mean they've made the decision to be a little more conservative there. But at the same time, yeah, I think I, I think it's fair if you're out there to think, hey, you didn't punt this season. You are trying seemingly to contend. Unless the roster building notion is a way of saying rebuilding without saying it, but that doesn't seem like a real thing. So I, I think it's fair, but, like, you know, the division's really good in theory. So I don't know. What do you think? Ron's around here. He knows how I feel about this. This is his year. New ownership's coming in. Everybody knows what that means. He lived through it in Carolina. Everybody knows the score here. This is your year. You either make the playoffs or you don't make the playoffs. If you don't make the playoffs, it's probably going to be a new head coach next year. And that's, that's the scoreboard. That's what it says. Um, is it fair to expect this roster to make the playoffs? I, I don't know. I don't know that this is one of the NFL's 14 best rosters top to bottom. Uh, like, I, I think that's debatable. I, this is a team that's that's flying straight towards 9-8 and eight or 8-9. Eight and nine. Um, They're right in the middle. Um, I don't know that I've seen anything this offseason that tells me they're going to they significantly lifted themselves above these other contending squads other than just continuity. Continuity is really all all they've got going for. Right. I mean, you know, even like stuff like the schedule, right? Last year they played the AFC South. They went 3 and 1 in that against those games they arguably should have beaten Tennessee. And now they're going to get the uh, AFC East where like the worst team is Bill the one of Bill Belichick. So, like that's going to be harder, yeah. not to mention the whole division it doesn't feel like the other two, three teams got worse. I mean, Brian caught a good break on NFC West because last year they were so vaunted, and, and I don't think it'll be that way this year. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the NFC West. Yeah. 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 Um, Sorry. Yeah. 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 No. I mean, yeah. So I, 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 that's the part that makes the whole Sam Howe thing so odd is because <laughs> I understand if they were the owner was already here, the telling Ron, you got three years, don't worry yeah. about it figure it out let's see if this kid could develop but you know i mean look the, the, they have been a very slow starting team the last three years if that happens again a will the owner say ron we'll let you see it through or does he go you know, full snyder here get rid of gruden have bill callahan essentially you know or in this case probably eric Bianami or del rio take over as the interim um and then even if that's not the case are they letting sam howell play through whatever bumps he may be experiencing i 
either way of those things doesn't feel like a great way to go if you're going to Brissett or Ron getting fired, then the year is getting kind of wasted. So I think to me that they got to figure out a way to start fast because if it's the same deal, you know, I, I think they're all in trouble. Yeah, the only question to me would be if you get to a point where the offense is clicking but the defense isn't and you want to give the enemy a test run, that just strikes me as a very unlikely scenario from here, that somehow the offense would be dragging the defense across the finish line of games. And right. I hope, I mean, that would be fun. I would enjoy watching that, but... From our perch, March 28th, beautiful day at the Biltmore. I don't see it happening. All right, I'm going to let Michael enjoy uh, the sun here. Uh, at Michael PRTD, Richmond Times Dispatch. Check him out. Of course, once there's a new, o- new owner, we'll be in true stadium talk. And obviously, Michael's done a lot of good work well, on there. What I love is, say Apostolopoulos buys the team. You know, some people say, like, oh, man, like, you guys, Apostolopoulos, how are you going to fit that on headlines? How are you going to fit that on the ESPN scroll? This podcast is long enough to handle that. It's already baked in. You thought I was going to come on your podcast and not make a crack about how long it is? I I am consistent, man. I'm consistent. You read the scouting report, you knew what you were going to get. There's enough time baked into this podcast for all the Apostolopoulos references we need. I appreciate that. How dare you. <laughs> uh, Michael, thanks for the time and the uh, put down as always. 